everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Soulful Tonic, and I am Kelsey Malia Brasic. Normally I have my cup of tea with me, um, but it's it's afternoon now and I finished my chai, so I'm working on my water. But I like to tell people, you know, gather your cup of tea and just enjoy, listen to this episode. Although, to be honest or to be more realistic, you know, most people are listening to this on the go and that's okay too. So today I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be an empath and what tools that we need as empaths to survive out in the world more than survive thrive so this is going to be a bit of an empath toolkit so for all you empaths out there or people who feel energetically sensitive maybe feel overwhelmed overstimulated a lot of the time this episode is for you so i'm going to go over a few things that have worked for me and things that i've noticed with my clients that have helped them as well And we'll just, we'll see how many we get to today. I don't want this episode to be too long. (laughs) So the first thing that I want to talk about is being mindful of who you surround yourself with, whether on a day-to-day basis or just out in the world in general. So you know that gut feeling that we get when we walk into a room and we're like, ugh, there's a bit of a weird vibe, you know, going on in this room. That's because sometimes energy can be so loud, especially for people that are really energetically sensitive. So when that happens, what works for me is I like to get as much information about like where I'm going as possible. That's kind of just who I am. Like, well, who's going to be there? What's going to be the vibe? You know, and (laughs) I think it drives my husband crazy. (laughs) He's like, well, let's just go and find out. And I'm like, yeah, but like, where will people be sitting when I get there? (laughs) I like to know these things. I like to prepare. What I like to do when I'm about to enter a social situation. So for example, the holidays weren't too long ago and we got together with groups of people a couple times and I had to really mentally and energetically prepare before going into those situations. So what that looks like for me is I like to tune into my heart. So I have to close my eyes just because I get very visually stimulated. I don't know if anybody can relate to that out there, but for me, looking around at all this stuff is like alarms going off in my head. So I like to close my eyes. For those of you watching this, you'll see what I'm doing, but I'll try my best to describe it. So I close my eyes. I place my hand on my heart and I try to drop into the body. Now, this is not an easy thing to do, especially when we're used to living in our head and our minds. But I drop into the body for a moment and I take a few deep breaths and I focus on grounding my energy down into the earth. So I'll talk a little bit more about actually grounding in a minute, but I ground my energy down and I put like this Reiki energy protective bubble around me. So I literally picture a big white bubble like surrounding me. And then I picture those people that I know are going to be there. I'll picture them in an energetic uh, Reiki bubble. And I even like will put the house in a Reiki bubble. So this kind of, it's like multiple stages of protection so that no matter what the people's mood are when I arrive, I don't feel like I'm as porous to that energy. So when I say be mindful of who you're spending your time with, Yes, that I mean, that's important. You know, you don't want to be around people whose energy is kind of giving you not a good vibe. But if you can't help where you're going, 
or you don't know how somebody's going to be, or you have to go to the grocery store, or even if the cashier's in a bad mood, whatever. Picture yourself in this protective energy bubble and picture them in it as well. So I get, I receive physical therapy, um, some acupuncture, chiropractic, like a lot of like, or Reiki, massage, all the things that I'm getting require a lot of hands-on work with me. And because I'm so sensitive, sometimes depending on what we're talking about, the practitioner and I, I can feel kind of drained at the end, or I was before I was implementing the Reiki bubble. So especially when somebody has your hands on you, it's really helpful to picture that their hands are in, again, like this Reiki bubble, or even when I was trained with Reiki originally, we pictured like these, um, these violet gloves going on our hands, like these violet protective gloves where our energy wasn't going into them, their energy wasn't going into us, and it was almost like transmuting gloves. Any bad mood, any bad vibes are stopping at the gloves. So I like to envision that because it makes me feel like they're not putting anything into me. I'm not receiving it and I'm not giving them any yuck back. So I think being mindful of who you're around is a great front line of defense and then having that tool to protect yourself when you are around maybe grumpier people. If you know that you're feeling maybe in not so great of a mood or you're already feeling drained, you're already having a rough day, it's okay to say no to spending time with people. No, today's not a good day for me. I'm already feeling wiped and that's okay. And actually that perfectly leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is boundaries. Boundaries are one of my favorite topics in the entire world because I just, I notice myself personally and so many of my clients struggle with boundaries. A lot of us are raised with these people pleasing mentality and not like, not in like the really obvious way that we might think. Well, I, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes, right? But it's not just about pleasing somebody else. It's about not wanting to disappoint somebody else. So if we feel like we're too drained to hang out with somebody or another thing I say is like, just because you're available doesn't mean you're free to hang out or just because you're free doesn't mean you're available to hang out. Like if you're looking at your calendar, I'm looking at my calendar and it's like, oh, I have a, a good chunk of the day available. I guess I don't have a good reason to, to say no to hanging out with this person. Like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> if you have that free time available, that is sacred time. If you want it to be, maybe, maybe you want to go hang out and that's a different story. But if you're doing it, not because you feel called to, but because you feel called to not disappoint the other person, that's a different story. Boundaries are incredibly important for energy protection and empaths because as empaths, we're so sensitive that we can feel when somebody is like annoyed with us or upset that we're not coming over or maybe they take offense to it and that doesn't feel great to receive that energy. So sometimes we'll go out of our way to avoid it. That's something that I'm also working on that I really encourage you to take a look at what you're doing and see if that resonates with you as well. Like, hey, am I going out of my way to avoid inconveniencing somebody else and in turn inconveniencing myself? So boundaries are really important. Like there's this book that I read. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the author, but it's called The Beautiful No. Awesome book. I definitely recommend it. I'll have to find the author. But The Beautiful No is exactly what it sounds like. The beautiful art of saying no and how it's a amazing self-care practice to come back to ourself 
But in order to say yes to ourselves, we have to say no to others. We can't say yes to everybody. Saying yes to everybody means saying no to ourselves. So the next two things I want to talk about, I'm actually going to combine into one because I mean, they're not the same, but they're sisters is energy cleansing and emotional release. They're, they're different. Sure. But I'm seeing them as like, okay, let's say you go into an environment, maybe your first line of defense to network, you forgot to protect your energy with the Reiki bubble. You forgot to implement your boundary. And now you're feeling weighed down. You're feeling heavy. You're feeling gross after a social engagement. Now, what do you do? So this is a time for energy cleansing and emotional release. Energy cleansing comes first, then emotional release. So I do this in between every single Reiki and therapy client that I have is I cleanse the energy. Sometimes that's with sage. So I'll literally take sage and I'll go into that in a a further later episode as well, because this is a whole other thing in itself, but lighting the sage and creating a little ritual around cleansing the energy. So I'll Take it, go around, cleanse the physical space that I'm in. Even if I'm working virtually, I'll cleanse the space. And that includes cleansing my pets as well. So you can use Sage, you can use Palo Santo to call back the good energy. My favorite thing that I do is wiping the energy off of me. I don't remember when I learned this, but it has been literally life-changing. Because if you're like me, rituals are a very helpful and useful way to remember to do something when it doesn't feel quite like a habit. And also it's just the act of, okay, I was here. I was at point A. I need to get to point B. Let's do the cleansing. Let's do the ritual. So that looks like whether I'm at my desk at a computer or I just saw a client in person, I will stand up. I always stand up because again, that's the ritual that signifies to me. Okay. We're moving on to the next step. So I'll stand up and then I'll wipe. I'll start, start at my head, wipe off the head, the neck, the shoulders, the arms, come down on the chest, back of the body, the abdomen, the hips. We hold a lot in the hips, down to the legs, down to the shins, and then the feet. And then I stomp on the ground. I'm literally like, get out of my body. And I stomp on the ground. I cleanse that energy. And then I'll often jump a couple times, do a couple of jumping jacks, like anything to like anything that was latched onto me. I'm like, get the hell off of me. (laughs) I jump around and stomp until it's gone. You can feel a significant difference doing this. Like for me, I feel a lot lighter and it gets my blood flowing, which I don't know. I I just picture like blood flowing through my body and just like pushing away energy particles. (laughs) I don't know if that's a science thing, but to me, it's like just the act of doing it. I know that it's getting out of my body. And then on top of energy cleansing is emotional release. So if that energy is in you, it's stuck on you, you always want to first wipe it off. And if you're still feeling like that heavy, just attached feeling like maybe you saw an injured goose on the side of the road or a deer that had passed away. Like you see something sad that maybe you don't have, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. I mean, if there's an injured animal, definitely call a rehabilitator, but if there's already a deer that has passed away on the side of the road and there's nothing you can do, sometimes that feels absolutely heartbreaking and it just sticks to you or you know, it it does to me sometimes it can feel overwhelming to experience that just random snap of grief that like, you didn't even know you were going to be experiencing because you were just driving to the supermarket and you saw that and it is sad. (laughs) I'm I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's really brutal to be uh, so sensitive sometimes. So if you can experience, if you experience what I'm talking about, like I see you and it's a superpower in so many ways, but I understand completely that when you're not sure how to harness this energy, it doesn't always feel like a superpower. It can feel like a curse sometimes. And I completely understand that. So, so let's say you experience something or you see something that is sad. What I will do is I try to carve out a little bit of time in my day for the intentional emotional release. So for me, my cycle, my period cycle was like significantly delayed this time. I had no idea why. And it was frustrating me. It felt like I was like holding on, like not letting go, like, I was holding on to emotions and then it's like my uterus was holding on and it was like, nah, like we're not releasing if you don't release. It felt like the standoff. So actually last night and the night before, um, I created an intentional practice around this emotional release specifically for the period, but because I knew that they were attached to the emotions where I listened to something sad, put something sad on, like took a few moments of meditation to drop into my sadness. And for me, that's in the body because I avoid being in my body a lot. It feels really painful. So I specifically did the things that would bring on the tears. I watched a YouTube video um, of somebody guiding a somatic release from the hips. And if you know, you know, the hips are where it's at. That is where the tears live. The pain lives in the hips, especially if you're a woman. So I was on the ground with my knees up to my chest, like in the happy baby pose, like rolling my legs around, rolling the knees around, like anything to kind of loosen up those hips, doing all the things that I can think to bring on sadness until I was just sobbing and sobbing like a baby. Like I felt like a baby, like a toddler. I had this gigantic emotional release, which felt very tiring, but also very light. It's like you, these tears live in the body. These emotions live in the body until we do something intentional with them. I think sometimes we forget that like, oh, it. I'm not thinking about that anymore. So I'm not feeling sad about it. Okay. But sometimes it will just live in the body and depending on where the weak points are in our physical body, it'll just settle there. And it feels heavy. The saying that, um, The author says in The Soul Untethered is samskaras that are stored with pain, release with pain. That is probably the truest thing that I've experienced. And one of the hardest things that I've noticed is memories, samskaras, emotions that are stored with pain. So we store them because they're so painful. We just numb out and we don't focus on them anymore always have to release with pain. So these emotions that I had stored in my body, I don't know where they came from, but I know they were a hella painful getting out of there. Just lots of crying, lots of tears. And then it just felt like, oh, freedom, lighter, joy. I got all that out of there. And I woke up with a period today. So I'm not saying I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that I know how to like magically bring about your period but that worked for me and that inspired me to share this because it literally i released so my uterus released and here we are so that emotional release is very 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 important i definitely recommend leaning into the emotion 
it doesn't always feel great to cry. We don't always have like a lot of time in our day to schedule tears, but when you can make it happen, maybe that's once a week for you. I mean, it'd be great if you can do it every day, but I, I don't do it every day. So I can't tell you to do it every day, but whenever you can find the time, just notice what's there. It might not always be tears for me. It seems to be, <laughs> but it might be anger. Oh, that's a big one. It might be anger. So maybe listening to some angry music, like little girl gone by chinchilla. Oof, that song gets me mad. Oh, I love that song. So like leaning into angry music and just like really embodying what that emotion is with the intention that you're going to let it go. Not leaning into the anger and sadness so much that you plan to just sit there indefinitely, sit there for a little bit, experience the feeling, honor the feeling because there are no bad feelings and then let it go. Letting it go is the key. Just like bringing it back to the energy cleansing. We experience it and now we wipe it off. You know, if you feel like you have that residual energy on you, shake it off, wipe it off, jump it off, dance it out, whatever you have to do. I promise you'll feel so much lighter. The next one I want to talk about is grounding. Grounding is a favorite of mine. I've talked about it a few times before. Well, maybe not on the podcast, but I feel like I just go about my day whispering grounding techniques into strangers' ears. Since it's been taught to me, it's been life-changing. So grounding is sending that energy out of your body, similar to energy cleansing, but working with Mother Earth. So Mother Earth is such a beautiful guide to work with. She's open arms, ready to help take on anything that we cannot take on and transmute it into the earth. It's like the ultimate mother, the ultimate gift from a guide is taking it and transmuting it. And sometimes we don't know how to do that ourselves, or maybe we can't do it ourselves, right? So being willing to offer it up to her and let it go is the key to grounding. So you can bring on grounding multiple different ways. Um, one that's commonly talked about is putting your feet in the grass. Now, as I'm recording this now, it's snowing outside. Honestly, if you can handle it, I mean, cold plunging is incredibly trendy right now too, which is another form of grounding, but you don't need to buy a tub. You can just stick your feet in the snow. Earth's ice plunge if you don't have a lake. You know, so just anything to bring yourself into your body, it shocks the system a little bit, not in like a scary way, but like, oh yeah, that's right. I have a body. It's like, you can be ruminating or ruminating about these stressful, anxious events. The second your feet go in the snow, you're like anxiety, who stress, who all you could think about is your feet in the ground, but push. So whether you're in snow or in grass or in sand, whatever you choose to stand on, push the energy out through your feet. I like to put my hands like down, like open palms. So I'm not like clenching, putting my palms open, facing the ground, putting my feet on the ground. And I imagine like roots, roots growing out of my body, all the way out of my feet down into the earth and connecting to the core of the earth. And it feels so supportive. You can picture roots growing out of your hands. Like we are just part of the earth anyway. So just growing back down into the earth and thanking mother earth for transmuting our pain and transmuting the energy that we don't need. That's a really great way to ground. Fresh air is another great way to ground. Just literally breathing fresh air. We breathe recycled air indoors all the time. Sometimes we need that 
jolt of freshness to be like, oh yeah, I do exist outside of like this computer screen and a beautiful day exists out there. Just getting that, that whiff of air or snow or rain or whatever is out there. Just enjoy being in that present moment. And speaking of being in that present moment, engaging your senses is an incredibly grounding practice as well. So taste, smell, hearing, seeing, hearing, is that, I don't know if I repeated any, the five senses, you know what I'm saying. So engaging those, whether that looks like a grounding essential oil to smell, this is me holding my essential oil for those of you that can see me. So grounding essential oil, um, it might look like chewing gum to activate your senses, drinking a warm cup of tea, something to activate your taste buds, listening to the sounds of nature or your favorite podcast or your favorite song or something that brings your ears joy. Um, Looking at something like not a screen, like maybe gazing into the sky, looking up at the sun, seeing how far your eyes can look. That's a really great way to bring yourself back to the present moment as well. And then touch. That's the one I forgot. Anything that brings that sensory awareness to your body. So textured things. I'm a big fan of fidget toys, the putty, the, um, the fidget spinner. I always have like a pen in my hand or a, a beverage, anything that you can do to bring awareness to the textures of items in your hands. Or maybe if you feel like your pants texture or the texture of your shirt, or you can feel your hair, whatever brings you to that moment, that's another way to ground. Grounding helps create that sense of safety in your body when you feel like you might be energetically pulled in all these different directions. So if you're feeling energetically sensitive and you're going to a party or you're going to the mall or the grocery store or whatever, and you're like, oh, I don't know, like there's gonna be a lot of people there, a lot of different energies, come back to yourself, tune into yourself, picture those roots growing out of your feet. You can have a little like empath toolkit in your pockets. Maybe that looks like your favorite essential oil or a stick of gum or earbuds, like something to bring yourself back to yourself that makes you feel safe out in public. Maybe that's noise canceling headphones for a little bit. Anything that brings that sense of safety to your body. Now, I know I talk about tea a lot, but tea is such a great way to ground for multiple reasons. One, the temperature of the cup is super warm. So that brings that nourishment to your body outside, but also nourishing inside when the warm liquid literally goes down your throat and into your stomach. The smell of the tea, depending on what herbs you're using, those can feel really grounded. And when you're creating safety in your body, you don't rely on others to make you feel safe. So if you can feel safe inside your body, then, and you bring that body out into the world, it doesn't matter what you encounter, so long as you are like a safe capsule. Your safe body will be safe anywhere that you go, energetically speaking, if you do the work to nourish yourself. Does that make sense? So like, for example, I don't love flying. I don't love being on airplanes because it feels very overstimulating. There's just the noises and the people and the sounds and it feels very out of control. So I try to remind myself if I, the capsule that is my body is safe and nourished, 
I will be safe wherever I go. So you better believe when I go on a plane, I'm bringing my toolkit with me. I have all the things that keep me safe because I don't want to absorb anybody else's energy. And speaking of that, you don't have to absorb anybody's energy and you should not. Don't absorb people's energy. So that brings me back to the ritual. The ritual piece that's really important is before you go anywhere, set the intention with yourself I don't absorb people's energy. So I do this with my therapy clients, for example, before somebody walks in, I say to myself, usually out loud, because I'm that person that always talks to myself, this client is coming in. I'm so grateful that I get to talk to this client. I do not absorb their energy. They do not absorb my energy. We are two safe beings. I am in a protective bubble. They're in a protective bubble. My heart remains open to give and receive compassion. So I don't block my heart just because I'm encapsulated in a bubble. My heart remains open to give and receive compassion. So I picture the green energy shooting out of my heart and meeting their heart, shooting out of the light, shooting out of their heart. So I picture this like stream of green energy, which feels really safe to me, but that's all. That's all that's kind of interacting in that, in that conversation that I have with them is the heart energy. We're not absorbing each other's energy. I'm not giving them a part of myself. I'm not taking a part of them with me. And then just for good measure at the end, I sage and I wipe it off anyway. So those are a couple things that I do to help me feel safe in the world as an empath. And it's a working progress. Like I didn't start this podcast because I'm an expert at all these things. I started them because I'm on, or I started this podcast because I'm on this journey and I want to help you along to where I've been and learn from you as well. Please share, give me feedback on this podcast. If you have things that work for you as an empath, I'm a thousand percent ears because I'm always looking for more ways to protect my energy. But these are things that have worked for me so that when I come home from a long day of clients or I sign off for my computer from a long day of clients, I don't feel like I need to immediately go to sleep or immediately stuff my face with food or immediately watch sitcoms. Do I do those things sometimes? Absolutely. We all need mental and emotional breaks. It's tiring holding space for people sometimes. But if we lean into what is so empowering about it and how to empower ourselves, there's nothing more beautiful than holding space for people because we all need space held for us. And the healthier that we can do it and the more energetically confident we can show up in the world, the more healers that there are in the world that are protecting their energy so that they can hold space for others, that makes the world the most beautiful place in the world, on the planet, in the universe. That makes this world the most beautiful place in the universe when we're all doing the work to energetically maintain our boundaries while still allowing ourselves and our hearts to be open to others. I hope some of these tips resonated with you. Uh, my empaths out there, I hope that maybe you learned something new. Maybe this was just a good reminder for what you can be doing to implement these boundaries. But these are the few things that I do, the main things that I do for my empath toolkit so that I can keep showing up here and keep showing up for my clients and my marriage and my family and my friends and my pets and all this stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It means so much to me to have people listening to these episodes and hopefully, like I said, learning something new. I hope you have a absolutely beautiful day and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Take care.